Hello, I'm Derek Walker, a pastor of the Oxford Bible Church, and we're studying the great heroes of faith and how they teach us about the life of faith. God has designed in Hebrews 11 to draw out a specific characteristic from all their lives that we need to learn from. And we've been studying uh, these heroes of faith, and we've been, we're now looking at Abraham. And his special characteristic was the obedience of faith in the special will of God for our life. We all have a special will of God, and we need to be obedient in each step of faith that God asks us to take. There may only be a few in our lifetime, but if we don't take that step of faith in obedience to what God says to us, then we're going to miss some of the special blessings of God that he has on our life. Uh, Hebrews 11.8 says, By faith Abraham obeyed God. And, and so what God asks of each one of us will be different from other people. So we can't compare with others in that area. If we fail to obey, that we can't make up for it by doing extra works. Uh, to obey is better than sacrifice. And so many of the special blessings and rewards God has for your life are conditional on that obedience. And we see that Romans 4.12 says that we're to, to walk in the steps of the faith of our father Abraham. In other words, he had a step-by-step obedience to God. So only when he obeyed the first step was he ready to move to the next step. And so it is for us. We need to learn from him. We won't even know what the second step is until we know the first, until we've done the first. And so the way it worked with Abraham is that God, there were three phases each step had the same pattern. First, God would speak to Abraham, would give him the instructions and the faith to take the step. And sometimes Abraham obeyed immediately, sometimes he delayed for various reasons. And when he delayed, uh, then his life was on hold. Um, finally, when he obeys, then God released the blessing and gave him instructions for the next step of faith. And that's how it worked. And in, we're going through the four major steps of faith that Abraham took. Last time we saw the first step was that he was to leave behind the old, his old life, his old priorities, his family even. Hebrews 11.8 says, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. God told him to go out, to leave his family to leave his country to another land. And actually Abraham did not obey perfectly because he didn't leave his family. And having his father with him meant he delayed and he settled in Haran. And only when his father died did he go out and even then he had Lot with him that caused problems. And it was only actually when he divided from Lot as God had told him in the first place that God actually really then said to him in Genesis 13, the Lord said to Abraham, after Lot separated from him, lift up your eyes now and look at the whole land that you see. He says, I give it to you and I'll make your seed as the dust of the earth. And, and so that's when God released the, the blessing to him upon his obedience. And then he gave him instructions for the next phase, the next step which was his lifestyle now that God asked him. Now he had taken the first step to come into the land and to set up his, a new thing in the land, separated from his family. Now he was given his lifestyle that was a tough 
a sacrificial thing because it's much easier to, s to settle and live in a big city like Lot did. Um, God was actually saying to him, arise, walk in the land through its length and width for I give it to you. And this was his next instruction, not to settle down on any piece of the land, but now he was to walk as a nomad throughout the land, claiming it because God was giving it to his seed as an inheritance. But he was to live a life that wasn't entangled with earthly things. God would bless him, sure, and God would make him rich, actually. But in his heart, he was looking beyond that. He was looking to the eternal city. He was looking to his in, in eternal inheritance. And he was not to be entangled and covetousness with the things of this life. And, and so he was to live that life uh, that witnessed that truth. And uh, God called him to that. And he, Abraham obeyed that perfectly. As Hebrews 11.9 says, by faith he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country Dwelling in tents, that's the key phrase. He dwelt in tents. That was a step of obedience, to live in a tent. This is a rich city man with Isaac and Jacob. They, he passed that on to his descendants because God never told them any different. They stayed with what God had previously told them. The heirs of the same promise, for he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. And so he demonstrated uh, that he wasn't covetous uh, attached to earthly things. He proved it in chapter 14 when he defeated the kings but he didn't keep the spoils for himself. It seems like God required him to tithe them and then he, he gave them back because he wanted to prove that God was his source. And so having proved his obedience in that step, now in Genesis 15 God is, releases more blessings on his life. Every time he took that step of obedience, that released the next wave of blessing and then the next instructions for the third step. And that's where we get to today, step three. And this is where God gave him the promise of a seed. Hallelujah. The promise of the seed. And uh, he was now ready for the next word of God. And let's, uh, uh, this would release immense blessings in his life. Hebrews 11.11 11 takes us to the next step. Each step, by the way, is introduced in Hebrews 11 by that phrase, by faith. So here's the, first, the third by faith for Abraham and Sarah. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed. And she bore a child while she was past the age. Because she judged him faithful who had promised, therefore from one man, and him as good as dead, were born as many as the stars of the sky in, in multitude, innumerable as the seed which is by the seashore. And so first the rhema, the word that was spoken to Abraham and Sarah, was the promise of a seed, the, the seed Isaac. And from, from that would come ultimately the greater than Isaac, the Messiah, the greatest seed of Abraham that would come. Let's look in Genesis 15 to see where this began. After these things, the word of the Lord, that's Jesus, came to Abraham in a vision saying, Do not be afraid, Abraham. I'm your shield and your exceeding great reward. But Abraham said, O Lord God, what will you give me, saying, I go childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abraham said, Look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This one shall not be your heir, but one who 
will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, look now toward heaven and count, or literally tell, tell the story of the stars, if indeed you're able to count or explain them in order. And he said to him, so shall your seed be. And that's the word seed is in the singular. Your seed ultimately, is, as Galatians says, is speaking of the Messiah. God doesn't just promise him a son here from which he would have a multitude of descendants like the stars in the sky. But also he is saying to Abraham that through his son, the Messiah, the promised Messiah, the seed of the woman would come. You see, the Messiah would be the seed of Abraham, the greater one than Isaac. Because as Galatians 3.16 points out, he says the word seed is actually singular. To Abraham and the, were the promises given, and to his seed. He does not say to seeds, as of many, but of one, and to thy seed, which is Christ. And so the prophecies of Abraham's seed look beyond the general seed to a specific seed who is Christ, through whom all the promises would be fulfilled. And God originally, you see, why did God show him the stars? Because that was their television in those days. But God originally named the stars in such a way that they were a picture book of the gospel. The story so for ancient mankind before they had all the scriptures we have. And the story starts with Virgo, the virgin, you see, giving birth to the seed, the Messiah. And you can tell the story of the stars, the gospel in the stars. I've got a set of DVDs on that. And they describe Messiah's victory in redeeming man and defeating the devil, who's often depicted as a dragon or a serpent in the constellations. The, the scripture confirms this. Psalm 19 says, the heavens declare the glory of God. And Romans 10 relates that to the gospel. See, God was not telling Abraham to literally count the number of stars in the sky. He was telling him to relate the gospel of the Messiah that he would have actually known very well. And then having done that, God said to Abraham, so shall your seed be. In other words, that one that the stars are talking about is the Messiah, is your seed. He will accomplish man's salvation. Praise God. In, in God elsewhere, God said to him, in your seed, all the nations of the earth will be blessed, will be saved. So that's when God preached the gospel to Abraham. And then it says in verse 6, And Abraham believed in the Lord, in the Messiah, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Abraham had already believed in God, of course, but now he trusted in the Messiah for his salvation, and he was justified by faith. Righteousness was imputed to him. And this became actually the classic example of someone being justified by faith, apart from the law, before the law even came. And so Abraham, uh, this is a great moment of faith when he believes the promise of the seed. But of course, his obedience wasn't complete yet because he has to believe that God's going to give him this son. And he believed that. But he and Sarah failed to take that step of obedience because they were getting on and Sarah had been barren for a long time. And, and so they were struggling to really believe that promise and to take that next step of faith. And uh, they were both getting on and Sarah was beyond the age of being pregnant. This word from God 
of the seed required them to believe for a supernatural intervention of God for Sarah to conceive and bear a son. And instead of believing that, they delayed things by trying to fulfill the promise in their own strength. And uh, that's recorded in Genesis 16, where Abraham sins by trying to fulfill the promise of this son through, in the flesh, you see, through Hagar. And uh, notice in verse 16, it says, Abraham was 86 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to Abraham. And then there are 13 years of silence. Why? Between when he's 86 and 99, when God speaks to him next. Because God's special plan for Abraham was put on hold. Abraham was in disobedience until he obeyed. See, if you're trusting in the flesh to fulfill God's promise, you will, you're only delaying God. Finally, when Abraham was 99, and, and um, he, God brought him back to repentance. But there were 13 wasted years there, as it were, as far as his special plan was concerned. Genesis 17.1, it says, when Abraham was 99 years old. Now, not, that's a significant number. Nine is the last digit. It's the number of finality. It denotes the fact that he's come to the end of his own strength at last. Uh, 99 is, is the number value for the word amen, which means that settles it, end of discussion. And that word amen, truly, truly, I say to you, amen, amen, I say to you, occurs 99 times. And so that's significant. When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him, I am almighty God. I'm El Shaddai, the God who's more than enough. Walk before me. Stop trusting in your flesh and look to me. Walk with me and be blameless. Stop messing around. And I will make my covenant between you, me and you and multiply you exceedingly. He's calling him to obey the promise. And then verse 3 says, Then Abraham fell on his face. Finally, now he surrenders as an act of worship, trusting God to do, to do it. it was, he knew he couldn't do it in the flesh. He'd come to the end of himself at last, and now he totally trusted God to do it. And the result of this obedience now, finally he's obedient and he's now believing God, is that God blessed him and called him Abraham, the father of many nations. And this is the moment when God is able to release the blessing. Abraham is now believing God for the seed. Verse 4, and then God talked to him saying, as for me, behold my covenants with you and you will be a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called Abraham, but your name shall be Abraham, it shall be called Abraham. For I've made you a father of many nations, and I'll make you exceedingly fruitful, and I'll make nations of you, and kings shall come from you, and so forth. Now this name change was denoted a supernatural infusion of power. See, when you believe the promise of God, you receive the breath of God to fulfill that promise. You see, the ha that God added to his name, Abraham was changed to Abraham. That's the Ruach, that's the breath of God going into the middle of his name, tra transforming him. The same thing for Sarah. It was changed from Sarai to Sarah. Ha! The breath of God filled her name, you see, because he received the promise of God. And when you receive his promise, you receive his life to fulfill that promise.
Verse 15, as for Sarai, your wife, you'll not call her name Sarai, but Sarah, Sarah shall be her name, and I'll bless her and also give you a son by her, and then I will bless her and she'll be the mother of nations. Kings of peoples will be from her. And then it says, Abraham fell on his face and laughed. And this was the laugh of faith, <laughs> because it seemed so ridiculous. But he knew God would do it. He laughed. He said, then he said in his heart, then he said, Shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? And shall Sarah, who is 90, bear a child? He was laughing in faith. And Isaac's name means laughter. Verse 18. But then he realized what this would mean for Ishmael, that Ishmael would not inherit. He was concerned for Ishmael. Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. What about Ishmael? And God said, No. Sarah, your wife, will bear you a son and call his name Isaac. I'll establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant with his seed after him. But my covenant I'll establish with Isaac, whom Sarah will bear to you at this set time next year. And then he finished talking with him and God went up from Abraham. God said, I'll, I'll also, I've got a blessing for Ishmael. Don't worry about him. But the covenant, the blessing, is going to go through Isaac. And Abraham now believed God, you see. Three months later, the Lord appears in Genesis 18, this time appears to Sarah for her benefit, so she could believe as well. And it says, where's Sarah, your wife? She's, he said, here in the tent. And he said, I'll certainly return to you according to the time of life, and behold, Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Sarah was listening in the tent door, which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, well advanced in age. And she had passed the age of childbearing. Therefore, Sarah laughed within herself, saying, Also, have I grown old? After I've grown old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also? And this was a, a, a laugh of unbelief in this case. And the Lord said to Abram, Why did Sarah laugh, saying, Surely I shall, bear a, I shall, shall I surely bear a child since I'm old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time I will return to you according to the time of life and Sarah will have a son. Now, she initially laughed in unbelief, but then the Lord reminded her, is anything too hard for the Lord? He pointed her to the, yes, it's impossible, but then he pointed her to the character of God, that with God all things are possible. And that gave her the ability to believe and receive the strength to conceive. As Hebrews 11:11 11 says, by faith, Sarah believed God now. By faith, Sarah received strength to conceive seed. And she bore a child when she's past the age. Because she judged him faithful who had promised. That's the Holy Spirit's summary. And she shows us something. Sarah's faith shows us that obedient faith is decisive. It says she judged him faithful. You see, she made a quality decision that based on the character of God, to believe and obey the promise, receive the power of God, because she judged him faithful who promised. And they both concluded, you see, two things. By the way, Sarah needed power for two things. Not the power in her womb to conceive seed, but as a 90-year-old, she needed the power to, to bring the child to full birth, because that required a lot of rejuvenation as well. She received that. And um, they had to make a judgment. And you, it's the same whenever you receive a promise of God. They had to make two judgments. First of all, they had to judge that their bodies were as good as dead. 
as far as childbirth was concerned. In other words, that they could not bring the promise to pass in their own strength. They had to come to the end of trusting in their own flesh to make it happen. But then she also had to make a judgment and a decision that God was faithful if he promised he will do it. He's got the power. Nothing's too hard for him. So when you're believing God, you have to first agree that you can't do it. You are as good as dead as far as that is concerned. But that God is El Shaddai. He's more than enough. He's well able to do it and he will do it. You see. And so we have to make a judgment on the nature of the flesh and a judgment on the character of God. We must reckon our flesh as dead as far as its ability to bring it to pass. Without him I can do nothing. But at the same time we have to reckon as fact that God is well able and faithful to do it. And that's what Sarah did. She judged him faithful who had promised. And then it goes on to say that one simple act of faith can produce amazing results. Because it says, therefore, from one man, and him as good as dead, were born as many of the stars of the sky and multitude, innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. And this one act of them believing the promise of the seed, this released enormous blessing. Not just natural Israel as the dust on the earth, but the stars in the sky, because that one seed that would be born that's the Messiah would multiply itself through death and resurrection and produce a spiritual seed of Abraham, which is Jesus Christ. Millions, if not billions, hallelujah, of people like us who have the seed now of God in us. Hallelujah. And that was done all because of Abraham and Sarah's obedience. Praise God. And Romans chapter 4, verse 17, describes this step, this process of faith. Praise God. Whereby, first of all, she believed she received strength to conceive, and then she received the power to be able to bring that seed to birth. As it is written, I've made you a father of many nations. That's the promise. In the presence of him whom he believed, that's God who gives life to the dead, number one, and calls those things which do not exist as though they did, number two, who contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations, according to what was spoken, so shall your seed be. I want you to notice his faith operated in the presence of God. It only works in fellowship with God. Faith doesn't work in a vacuum or in the dark. It's only a response to God's initiative, to God's grace. And I want you to see that God did two, does two things to which they were to respond. First of all, he gives life to the dead. To those like Abraham and Sarah who reckon themselves as dead, who don't trust in themselves, he gives life to those people. And the response to that life-giving nature of God is to believe you receive that life and that power, which is what Abraham and Sarah did. And having received it, the second thing God does is he calls things into manifestation. He calls those things that be not as though they were. He calls it into manifestation. He called them Abraham. He called them Sarah while they were still childless. And they were to respond to that by faith and to agree with him and confess. And they called themselves Abraham. They called themselves Sarah. They thank God. 
And, and the first stage is in verse 19. It says, not being weak in faith, he considered his own body as already dead since he was about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. They reckoned themselves totally unable to do it in themselves. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened by faith. They received that life from God by faith. And then the second stage is in verse 20. Giving glory to God, being fully convinced that what he had promised he was also able to perform. Having received the promise, they then started thanking God. They said, thank you, Lord. We are going to bring birth to the seed, to Isaac and to many others like it. They gave glory to God, convinced that what God was able to, what he promised he was well able to do. Because God is faithful. Hallelujah. He considered him faithful. And he began to give glory to God and confess his new name even before Isaac was born. And as a result, God blessed them with the birth of Isaac through whom the Messiah would come and fulfill all the promises. Hallelujah. And this is the picture for us of receiving God's promise. We walk in the presence of God. We consider ourselves dead as far as that's concerned. But we believe we receive the promise. And God breathes that that breath into us and we receive his life and having received we do it because we make a judgment that we can't do it ourselves but God is able and God is willing and we believe we receive and then we go and we confess and we declare ourselves the, the, the blessed of God and the promise will come to pass I want you to see just in closing here that this is a picture of our own lives because many promises of God concerning our new nature we received when we were born again. You know, we're a new creation in Christ. We're the righteousness of God in Christ. We're more than a conqueror in Christ. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear but a power, love and sound mind. And in fact, in the Bible, Isaac is a, pi a picture of the product of the spirit the new nature. Ishmael is the product of the flesh, you see. It says, now we brethren, as Isaac was, are children of promise. And, and so they received God's newness of life within them. And likewise, we are born again. Isaac is conceived within us. We were born again when we realized we couldn't trust ourselves, but we had to trust Jesus to save us. And that's when that new nature, that Isaac was conceived in us. And now we need to bring forth Isaac to birth. And we have many promises that the love of God's in us, the fruit of the Spirit are in, are in us. We need to bring it to, to birth. We need to confess our new name. Hallelujah. I am a new creation. I am forgiven. I'm the righteousness of God. I'm redeemed. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm a temple of the Holy Spirit. That's who I am. And by declaring my new name, as Abraham did, the promise of God will come to pass in your life. Walk in the steps of Abraham and move into your destiny.